guys, I am Haya and I'm with a new guest, Monique Skinful Trader, the skincare goat. Um, yeah, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, of course. So my name is Monique. I have a lovely introduction. Also known as the Skinful Trader, I'm a skincare content creator and an esthetician. Um, and I speak a lot about black and POC skin. Yeah. Okay, so are you a licensed like esthetician in the UK? In the UK. Yeah, yeah cool. So how do you find esthetician school? This is a quick question. Yeah, it was okay. So it's just beauty school. It's um very chill. You learn a lot. What I'd say is you get to kind of cover all the bases. So like um, hair removal, facials, obviously the skin health and the important stuff. But it's very all round here. Oh, sick. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I always see um, estheticians from like the UK and the US compare and say that the UK is kind of outdated in comparison. 100%. Really? Yes. Do you feel like you had to do like a lot of self-study? 100 percent um i make sure that i speak to a lot of dermatologists and doctors on like a daily basis and i read a lot of articles hair it's more about be beautifying in general whereas in america they're very specific about being licensed and things about, like ingredients and skin health whereas hair is more just like i think you know the lashes and <laughs> the nails and stuff yeah, yeah. the hair removals and that's lashes. it yeah okay cool well um i have this segment on all episodes called two truths and lies if i have a new guest so do you have two truths to tell my audience okay cool so no lie just the two truths just the two truths okay so i've spoken about this before but i had a run-in with the italian mafia and i almost got kidnapped and it sounds like a lie but i promise you this is the truth it was crazy. What? No, seriously. Okay, what's the second one? And then we'll circle back to okay. that. Um, the second one is I almost have a black belt in kickboxing. Oh, sick. Okay, so, you can okay, so if you were with the mafia, get to I tussle. Can, I, I can tussle. And you're good. Yeah. Okay, cool. So wait, can we hear the story? How did this oh, okay. start? How did this happen? All right, I'll try and make it kind of brief, but interesting. So yeah. um, I took one of my ex-girlfriends to um, Italy for Valentine's Day. And when we first arrived, we were approached by this man and he kind of was like, you know, are you guys okay? I said, we're looking for a hotel. He was like, oh yeah, the hotel's there. So we said, cool. So he said, you know, do you want me to drop you? And we didn't get it. So that was like, I feel like that was the, um, the foreboding of how the trip was going to go. Yeah. And I am an explorer. I love going out by myself. And, you know, the hotel owner was like, please don't do that. You need to go out with a man. Where in Italy were you? I went to Milan and then to Lake Garda. Okay. And then we went to Venice for a little bit. So we went to Venice for Valentine's Day. Mm. And when we first got there, the the restaurant owner was acting really weird very like scared and mm. you know walked us to the restaurant like we were celebrities to this table we had the most amazing meal mm. when we were finished i tried to pay and he said oh no 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 it's on me i said okay that's like, nice like, lovely and then um when i went outside there was a guy standing there and he said i hope you enjoyed your meal um compliments of the mafia I said compliments of the who? <laughs> of the who? So I've gone back inside now. Oh my and, god. Um I've spoken to my girlfriend and you know I'm kinda like, look, what should we do? I'm gonna just go and take money out, try and pay, whatever. And he's like, No, you need to give me your passport. He was asking me, um, do, do does any family know I'm there? Asking me really weird questions, and I was like, Yeah, all my family know I'm here. I was like, I'm traveling with people. Um so we did end up escaping. I'm speeding through the story so there are like little bits that make more sense. I've yeah. got a video where I talk about this in depth. Yeah. But 
basically we because yeah. I used to see this full thing yeah long story short we ended up running out of Venice like running to catch a train um that we weren't meant to be on so that we could get out and then when I got back to the hotel and spoke to the hotel owner he was like yeah 100% he said that black women especially western black women are targets of the mafia because we um get more money wow so much traffic yeah so it's about trafficking and about he said they're taking passport they're making mafia girlfriends he told me how where he lived before they had cut the brakes on his pregnant wife's car um they set his hotel on fire because he wasn't paying the taxes and when he called the fire brigade and the police they were like oh we're not allowed to come for a specific amount of time but we will be there but you know how it is so it was serious that's really crazy because i wouldn't expect that from somewhere like italy do you know what i mean i, I mean like, yeah. i knew the mafia existed but i didn't think it was like that like those type of stories i kind mm-hmm. of hear okay maybe i watch a lot of telenovelas but like in colombia things like that yeah but in italy like venice that's crazy do you know what i think it is i think we have this idea this old school movie idea of what the mafia is yeah but if you think about every country any country where there's poverty there's corruption you're gonna have gangs or, yeah because mafia is just a word for organized crime really yeah so it's not like i mean he wasn't standing there in all black with shades like he was just a normal guy. that's how i actually imagined no it, it wasn't there, like, with a leg up. no it wasn't that at all he was just a normal guy and um yeah you just you wouldn't expect it but you know it was it was crazy that is actually insane like that may be the craziest story i've heard and i think to myself if i didn't have a little bit of sense like the way that the story went everything was very close and if i didn't have sense that whole situation could have gone left very left very left i could have been gullible like yeah why not oh that's fun no Nah, do you know what? Street smarts are so important because I feel like I take a lot of risks in life. Like, I love an adventure. I love to take a risk. I love a good story. I do it for the plot. But sometimes I'm like, hmm, I narrowly missed it. And that <laughs> seems like a crazy, like, crazy. It was. It honestly was. Crazy. Okay, and then the other one was kickboxing, right? Yes, kickboxing. Okay, so how'd you get into that? How long for? So, it's interesting. So, I moved um, over to the UK um, from Jamaica. And my mom just wanted me to like have my smarts about me so she sent me to kickboxing yeah. and my old kickboxing um instructor was a lunatic like it seriously he had these two twins he's from lithuania and he had these two twins and they literally looked like they were on steroids oh, um God. and he would make us punch walls he would make us do crazy things like take find out how to take a knife off someone a gun off someone so it actually was very useful yeah. i remember my mom, my mom saying that she regretted sending it to me because um she got angry with me one time you know how moms like to try like raise their hand to you and i like, started dodging and she's like oh so you, you, you want to fight <laughs> but no that, that's how i got into it and it was really fun um not just from a fighting perspective but discipline it gave me kind of the discipline i needed and yeah. it gave me a little bit of community so yeah sure that's really funny that you mentioned discipline because i've noticed that i'm not a very disciplined person mm. like as an like in my life i've never really had to be disciplined outside of education yeah. and then after i graduated and now i'm like freelancing and things like that i'm like there's not really a real consequence to not being disciplined mm. but obviously you're a content creator you managed to get i think over 100k on like Instagram, things yeah. like that. Like you can go on your platform in an incredible way. And I'm assuming you're treating that like a full-time job, being super disciplined with content. Like how has that been with that? Because you're consistent. <laughs> um, I want to say yes and no. So I definitely think 
consistency and discipline is so important when you're a creator your audience wants to know what they can expect from you i wish i could say that it's my full time it's not at the moment um i actually do have a full-time job as well and that's not because content creation doesn't make me enough it was just because of my headspace uh, what i will say is that it depends on how you treat your content. For me, I'm very spontaneous. I'm happy to like just pick up the camera and film there and then. Mm. So in that respect, the discipline doesn't need to be there. But if you're not consistent, consistency, consistency, my apologies, is what is going to take your content far. So mm. that is it. That's where the discipline is. And you do have to be disciplined as a creative. Although people don't think it, you might not have to be as disciplined as a nine to five. But when it comes to deadlines, when it comes to even like sending your invoices, your taxes, that discipline has to be yeah. there. I would yeah. say that you almost have to be more disciplined as opposed to a nine to five because the nine to five structures that remind you and keep you on track and set those, like they check in on you and That's all those true. type of things, you know? Whereas content creator, if you miss that tax form, ooh, it's not for you. Like, you know, <laughs> like you're on your own with yeah. that type of stuff. But I'm just thinking back to your Italy story and how you did that for Valentine's Day. And obviously you just had Valentine's Day. <laughs> Do you do the key? Um, I did, but with my girls. Okay. Yeah, so I'm recently single and I feel like, for me anyway, this Valentine's Day was about pouring love into my friends mm. and my family and I didn't take it as a, oh no, I'm alone. My self and some of my best friends, we went out, we had a fantastic night, you know, we found this cute little cocktail bar, we did dinner, we got our roses and it was really lovely. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's what I did. I mean, it's not like I didn't have offers, but... I just didn't really want to spend it with, with them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I completely hear it. I had a very shit Valentine's Day. Sorry. Yeah, um, a blast from the past. Like, was like, messaged me and was like, "Hey, like, this is just a very, it's very bad." It's like, "Hey, um, what are you doing? Are you doing Valentine's Day? Like, I want to come take you for a drive." I was like, "Okay, cool, right, right, as long as you're gonna pick me up, I don't know. I don't care." Instead of me going into the car, maybe seeing a rose, soft drink, biscuit, something, maybe a bottle of water. There was nothing, nothing but trauma. All he did was trauma up on me as we drove around, then try love on me and then say, but I may be going to Penn for like five years for a refo charge, so bye. Okay, so why are we here? I don't know. Why are we, why are we here? I, was, I, I sat back in my bed and I thought, Haya, we need to change this. <laughs> we need to change this year because this isn't even something you're, like, this is just not right. This can't be my destiny. This is not right. It's not my destiny. And doing the discipline thing, I'm applying it to all areas of my yeah, life. Yeah. I was like, we can't do it again. Yeah. But yeah, outside of discipline, I know that boundaries is like an important thing on social media because a lot of people form parasocial relationships with creators that they really like. Do you feel like you've had that experience or do you feel like there's any boundaries that you had to put in place that you didn't think you would have to before? Um... I feel like, so when it comes to the content creation industry, it's not always the friendliest, mm. especially I feel, I mean, I, this is just my assumption, but where you are a black creator, especially, there is almost this diversity restriction mm. where they have like, well, we've got one black creator, we don't need anymore. Yeah. So I feel like it kind of drums up competition amongst um, creators that are very similar mm -hmm. I would say I have not had the friendliest introduction into the skincare um, industry mm -hmm. so in terms of that I had to put up boundaries mm -hmm. I've had to block people or remove people that I didn't feel you know this is so interesting I have a like I feel like you're making sense of me today because I have been struggling and going back and forth myself like I've even documented it on this podcast mm -hmm. about how to navigate 
like relationships with people in the content creation modeling whatever creative yeah. industry because i kind of feel like if i set that boundary of let's say block the unfollows or whatever a lot of the times it just causes a lot more discussion and a lot more bitchiness and then a lot more drama and then there's more questions or whatever so it's like i don't feel comfortable for you to have access to at the same time i don't want all the pass up so it's like yeah how do you know what to play it because i feel like especially when you're a black creator mm -hmm. people do love to first thing aggressive or yes. first thing you're the problem or yes. first thing it doesn't matter what they do oh, babe, I got cool, bad vibes. me you're, it's impossible it's <laughs> impossible. impossible exactly impossible um i think it there's a certain oh actually just to interrupt i, I was called just an angry black ting from south no yeah yeah <laughs> not ting ting okay, yeah I continue sorry it's, no. yeah. <laughs> it's out of order yeah um i would say that for the most part is about ignoring things and just registering so um there was actually somebody who we got into i don't want to say altercation because it really wasn't that deep mm. but he said some things and you know ended with us blocking each other mm. so the issue is that you're, we're all going to see each other. Mm, we're all going to be yeah, in the exactly. same room at the same table. Yeah. So eventually, after seeing him multiple, multiple times, I just went up to him and I said, listen, I know we didn't have the best introduction mm. and I just feel like it should be left in the past. And he was lovely. He's actually someone who, in person, I think is amazing. Mm. And I could tell that I would have probably been friends with. But when on social media, you just don't know people. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think it's about kind of picking your battles mm. and also being willing to kind of drop your ego. When it comes to networking, some of these people are not necessarily going to be your friends. It's like work. Like, you don't really like all your colleagues. You like some of them. You don't like all of them. Mm. So it's about just having that professionalism because when you're a creator, whether you're going to an event or whether you are operating on social media, this is your brand. Exactly. So you have to protect your brand. In the same breath, I've actually created some amazing friendships through content creation. Mm -hmm. I have met some creators that align with me, personality-wise, substance-wise, values-wise, everything. And um, I'm not, what's the word? I'm extremely friendly, mm -hmm. but when it comes to allowing people to get close, I'm a little bit guarded because I've just been stung in the past. Yeah. But I'd say like I've been lucky enough to have people on the same journey as me mm -hmm. and that know what you're going through as well. So I think that's what it is. And also use close friends. Close friends, yeah. Twitter circles. Like yeah. if you really wanna, you know, get stuff off your chest, do it in private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. In your group chat. Yeah. No, yeah. To be honest, I think that's really competent to hear. Like I had a similar situation where like someone who I was friends with in the industry, we had a thing and I bumped into them like last week at an event and because influencer events are kind of intimate, like if it's like a dinner or like a gifting thing yeah. or whatever. I was just like, I can't avoid you, so let's just squash it exactly. and be done. But yeah, I do agree it's about picking your battles, and I feel like I just need to let go of a lot of the things mm -hmm. and just charge it and be like, okay, cool, that happened, that was last year, let's move on, learn yeah. from the mistake, take the L, smoke it. People are always going to talk as well, so it's almost, I know feeling like, oh, if I block this person and remove this person, there's going to be more conversation, but what can you say, oh, she blocked me? Mm that's it like yeah. you're always going to be spoken about and i think it's not always necessarily a bad thing um give them something to talk about just make sure you're running up your success mm. and you know yeah. if you're going to talk about me i'm going to give you something like to talk about to yeah. talk about no genuinely and i feel like a part of the like when i was really going back and forth myself about that in particular 
I kind of thought to myself, like, if you really believe in your talent and what you're meant to be doing, then these people shouldn't really matter to you. Yeah. And I was like, mm, hi, I'm kind of folding if you're going to get into this a bit too much. Like, let's stand up. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so obviously spoken about that, but do you feel like there's ever been brand partnerships or things that have had to, like, challenge your integrity or anything like that? Because I've recently seen... Um, do you know Whitney Maduke? Mm -hmm. So she, if you guys don't know, she did the viral foundation match with Givenchy and they had reached out to her to work and she actually declined them because they couldn't find something that she aligned. And I, I thought that was really sick. I was yeah. like, that's crazy because I don't know if I would have the guts to say no to a brand like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's like a scarcity mindset or fear of like something better not coming, but I'm like, that's sick that you have that integrity, you stood in it and you've been so public about it. Yeah. So have you ever had like something like that? Absolutely. And I think it's, for me anyway, um, integrity is everything. And I think it's so unfair as a creator or as an influencer to do something without integrity when you know that you have an audience following you. Mm. I have a lot of young women following me. We are in a cost of living crisis. So for me, I'm just not going to tell you to do something I don't believe in. Yeah. I recently, and I hope my managers don't get onto me for like admitting this. We can check them. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. But um, I had a really big ba uh, brand partnership. So it would have been like a five figure deal. Um, it, it's not my biggest deal, but it's one of the biggest I would have done. Mm. But I don't like the brand. Um, mm. I don't like the brand's products. Let me not say I don't like the brand because it's a very like specific thing, but I just didn't feel like I could do that campaign with integrity. Mm. So I tried to find ways around it. I said, let me look at some of the other products and the other ingredients, and I will maybe test it for at least a minimum of two months and we can go into it. But when I kind of looked at everything, the ingredients, it's everything I don't stand for. So mm. I just had to let that money go. And I could sit here and be like, cost of living crisis, like, you know, my audience will understand, but sometimes our money is just not, it's not worth it. Yeah. So it's just not, I would not have slept at night if I took that round deal. No, I really, I do really respect that. Like, I, I think, especially with all the concert conversations, I kind of spoke about that on my last episode, so I'm not going to just beat a dead horse. I feel like integrity has come up a lot recently. Mm. And I think it's like, also being honest with myself mm. and being like my integrity isn't quite where i want it to be mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so i'm not sure if in that predicament i would say no. yeah and it's like i hope and i aspire to get to that mm -hmm. point where i'm like okay here's all the things that i want to be as a creator mm -hmm. or as an online space especially as i still build my audience and know how i feel about things but yeah i just respect it i rate it thank you yeah i think the thing about integrity is integrity is not about always making the right decision it's about being honest about your reasons for making a decision. We are not infallible, we are not perfect as people. We make mistakes every day. Mistakes are how you grow. Mm. And you know, I can sit here and reflect on situations where I know I was in the wrong. Yeah. Or I can even be as honest as to say, I've been in situations where I knew I was in the wrong and I still didn't care. Mm, yeah. And you know, that's gonna be my karma or my consequence or whatever to, yeah. to learn. So I just, I'm so for giving people grace. Yeah. So for example, I wouldn't, I wouldn't beat down on another creator who potentially took that. Their circumstance might be different. They might be like, look, I really actually do need this money. Um, I won't be able to pay my rent or I need this money to do bigger things. Mm. Maybe I'll take this money and I'll do something really amazing with it. You really don't know. Mm. So yeah, I just think integrity is yeah, not about making the perfect decision, but just being honest with yourself mm. and having that kind of self-awareness. Yeah, and you know what? I feel like before I started like content creation and modeling or whatever, 
I think it's so easy to judge when you're not in the predicament yourself. And I think I had like a very black or white thinking. And that's why like, I would say things on here and I'd be like, but guys, I'm not trying to be self-righteous. Like, please understand that's, that's not it. <laughs> because I'm like, I don't want to ever come across like I do everything perfect all the time. Like, mm. There's a lot, like, like you said, there's things that I know that I've done that is wrong, mm. but I accepted it and I did it anyway. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the best, but I'm not going to pretend to be perfect. Yeah. So I definitely think with the integrity conversation, when you're not in the industry i think it's easier to say how you would do things but then when you're in those like boots that position especially when your job may not be consistently like coming in yeah i think yeah that is a bit different but okay i know that you're passionate about championing diversity in skincare yeah yeah i got my research and yeah. um, <laughs> and what do you think about how like skincare is being marketed at the minute do you know how skincare and hair care they've kind of said okay, this is for white people, this is mm-hmm. for black people, this is for Asian people, da, 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 da. Do you feel like some of it is actually true or do you feel like some of it is fear-mongering? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. So there's some fear-mongering in terms of, oh, black skin can't use this. Mm. And a lot of the time it's not that. It just needs to be with a little bit of caution. Mm. But what I will say is there definitely is not enough research mm. on the effects on black skin. Mm. A lot of the time even when we're looking at articles medical articles and and research it's on a small study of people and nine times out of ten the majority of them are white in very specific environmental conditions um with access to different money and i think economic kind of the economy affects things like your skin and people don't want to admit that but it does so for me anyway, when it comes to how it's marketed, I think a lot of people do this. You know how you can have greenwashing, which is when a, a company believes um, that everyone wants to be sustainable and then they pretend to be sustainable. I think it's the same thing with diversity. Mm. They're faking diversity a lot of the time. Mm. Sometimes you will have a product that says, oh, this is amazing for all skin types. And I'll put it on a look like Casper the Ghost. Oh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. Can we even talk about mineral sunscreens? Oh, yeah. I filmed a rant about that yesterday. I'm sick of this. I can't do it anymore. Someone, Rihanna, please even make some mineral sunscreens in the shades of your foundations. Done with skin tints. Yeah. Please just do that. Yeah. Also, cut me a check if you do that. Or I can model. That's <laughs> nice. Or, like, let's actually make some invisible ones that are good prices. Like, I remember speaking to you about this. You recommended the Murad City Defense. Yeah. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to get that eventually. Yeah. But I find it so annoying that the chemical sunscreens, you can get like a Bondi Sands yeah. or like a Laura Spizé, something. And they're affordable. And that's affordable. the issue is that there are some decent mineral sunscreens like the Murad one, but Murad is a luxury brand and not everyone can afford that. And that kind of ties into what I just said about the economic factors and how that affects um, skincare. So it's just like... You have these brands that will say, yeah, we're so diverse. And then you'll go into their Instagram and there is not a singular black woman. There's not a singular dark skinned woman. Or I've even had brands that I've worked with and they've tried to say, you know, oh, we'd love for you to say that this is great for black skin. And I'm like, I'm not saying that because it's not, I'm not, yeah. I'm just not going to say yeah. that um, because it's, I don't believe that it is. And they want to use you as a token to push something that's yeah. just not true. And it's exactly. like, I'm not going to damage my reputation and like my trust with my audience. So you can cut a check. Exactly. Make it work for me and then I'll say it. Yeah. yeah. And then you have other brands that you definitely can see that commitment. Mm. Like um, shout out L'Oreal, Garnier. They are so good at like diversity. You have some fantastic brands that do the work like Aveen. Mm. They do the work behind the scenes. Like they do a lot of things for Black History Month mm. and where it starts. And I really appreciate that. But yeah, 
yeah skincare is listen it's political yeah man it's so political. it really is because a lot of the diverse brands online you'll go to the event and you're one or two black people in the room yeah and i'm like okay you're um, a check box, like and that's how it feels a lot of the time where it's like sometimes i know that i'm being used to check a box mm -hmm. and i'm like internally okay cool you're using me as a token but if i can make this beneficial mm -hmm. and still do it in an honest way then i will but a lot of the times i do feel like uh, i kind of want to dodge that because why yeah. should i make you look good when you're not actually committed to doing the work yeah but yeah man it's, 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 it's a lot of thoughts a lot of thoughts it is but yeah i have another question of course uh the influencer pay gap Ooh, yes yeah yeah um so if you guys aren't aware of what that is um it came out i think in 2020 is the term <laughs> And it was talking about the pay difference between content creators of content creators of color versus um, white content creators, and the pay gap was ridiculous, insane, like egregiously big, like crazy, like yeah. Mm. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah. So as a black creator, um, we get negotiated down a lot more. Um, we get lowballed a lot more, and brands genuinely have this idea that black creators don't create as much of a return on investment. And this is a lie. <laughs> um, statistically, black people spend six times more when it comes to hair, beauty, and skincare. Mm -hmm. So ideally, we are the audience as well. We are the culture. Yeah. If you look at trends, we are the people who create them on TikTok, on Instagram. And they um, get eradicated from them. But yeah, anyway. exactly. And then get literally hidden from them. So it's it doesn't make sense. It's The logic of it is not there. Um, I would say that for me, I've been kind of lucky because my managers do not take it. My managers don't play about it. They are not going to allow me to get low board. And I think it's just also about creating, creating a more transparent environment as creators. A lot of creators don't talk to each other. They're not transparent about how much they earn and that is where it starts. Mm -hmm. So myself and my uh, creator friends are black. Mm -hmm. We're very open, transparent about our um, how much we get, how much we earn, what contracts we have in place, what brands we're working with. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to kind of like work with each other. Like I, I try and talk to as many new creators as possible and I'll say, look, make sure you're not charging under this mm -hmm. because if you do it, it makes it harder for all of us. Mm -hmm. and. If you are, I think it, part of it is having good management as well. Yeah, and it's so tough because a lot of people don't know what they deserve. Like when you get your first paid brand deal, yeah. you're like so gassed, like, right, I'm getting paid to make a video. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is sick. Yeah. But sometimes you're so excited to take that that you don't understand that you just lowered the standard mm -hmm. for everyone else that looks like you. Mm -hmm. And it's so difficult because it's hard to find management who are willing to go to bat for you and challenge the brand yeah. and make sure that all of their like clients are earning the same like i've recently just got a social media management i love it to bits Chat, mm, I, love amazing, I know but how would you go about advising people when it comes to management or yes. finding it so there's two main types of management you can either have a very personal manager who works with you on a one-to-one -one basis or you can go with an agency um and there's pros and cons to both with a personal manager you can just have deeper conversations and more connection about what you want with a bigger agency you they may have more connections with brands but then you have more competition so they're not going to just pitch you they might pitch the whole roster so you have a bit more competition there um i personally went with somebody i knew and trusted who i knew had been in the game for a while and had amazing connections as well 
but definitely do your research about brands you can also what i did is i looked at creators that i love what they're doing mm. they work with brands that i like and then i looked at who managed them and did my research on that mm. don't feel pressured into um going with anyone in particular the industry standard is 20% and I'd say that just be clear with your manager about what you want. Mm. So for me, my managers are incredible, amazing. I have ADHD and they're very understanding about it. We have like our weekly meetings, allows me to focus on content creation. Mm. But you know, we just communicate and I tell them what I expect, they tell me what, what they expect from me and we just work together. So I think that's what it is, is about creating a really open relationship mm. with the person that you're being managed by and having that expectation like cool i'm gonna give you the best of my work and these are my deadlines or whatever and you make sure that you just bring that money and bring contracts in yeah yeah and you know what i would also recommend that um a lot of agents do like a three-month trial period yes, yes so make sure that if that's like available to you try and do that before exclusively signing with someone because you can also see if like the relationship stays like you know, I don't know yeah. how to, what the right word is, but it says positive, mm-hmm. you're still having an open dialogue. And yeah, because I feel like sometimes, at least on the modeling side, and not my agency, which is really funny because it's just over there. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the next studio <laughs> over. But um, I think with my first one, we started off really, really well. And then after the three months, we completely dropped off. Mm-hmm. And it was okay for all of the new girls and we all kind of left. Yeah. And then now with this one, I'm like, one thing that I like is that you can talk consistently and they put the effort into everyone and also don't be shy to reach out to people who are with them and just ask them like really like mm-hmm. hey how are you finding it do you recommend them to do the concerns or any questions i should ask and see how it goes yeah yeah exactly. i agree yes okay so i now want to know how the creation process works because you be putting out videos <laughs> like i'm like how should you even think yeah. of these ideas like even the one where you were like talking about the order of products and you did it online yeah. and stuff, it's so satisfying. I'm watching this like eight times. Do you know what's so funny? When I did that, I have never seen a video replicated so many times in my because life. Thing, and people weren't crediting you, you know? No. I was annoyed, but that was. I was definitely. I, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm the first person because, you know, great minds think alike, so it yeah. could have been, but I promise I was the first person to do that and it go viral. Yeah. And I saw every brand and I do <laughs> I've been copied a lot, but it is what it is. Mm. But no, in terms of the creation process, I mean, I could sit here and be like, well, I get up at five AM and I do no, that that's not <laughs> what it is. Um part of it is being engaged with social media. You have to. You have to stay on top of trends. So I make sure I'm really like into my TikTok, into my reels. As soon as there's a trend in sound, you have such a small gap to kind of capitalize on that mm. and bring it over to from TikTok for example to Instagram. Mm. So I try to um I have some like what I call low labor videos for days where I'm feeling a little bit lower. Mm. Like right now I'm in this kind of weird mental space, kind of fighting depression. So mm. I haven't really put out content for about a week. Mm. And if in that event what I do is for example there's a sound on TikTok which is just typing. Just mm. look at your phone, you type and then use on screen to give value. Um, if it's not that, I have a range of different styles of videos I can do where I'm talking, just talking to the camera and um, speaking about pain points. If I have a more kind of creative video, like the one where I've set it up and I did the order of the products. Yeah, yeah I think the creative process is, is just about giving yourself space to plan and to think and to be yourself, to be authentic 
trying to execute it and making use of your time like i'm not gonna lie i've been in the rave editing before <laughs> no legit don't kill me in the back of the class i man. swear to you editing in the middle of the rave with the airport in my air like, i need to get this video up by prime time like yeah so that it is what it is that's yeah. so funny oh and you know what i think that's really real that you mentioned that sometimes you don't have the energy to when you're going through a depressive episode because i feel like when i'm going through it the last thing i want to do is be on socials and be making these things but one thing I've realized, especially last year, is that I kind of spent too much time being sad mm -hmm. instead of like, there's no, I don't think there's an issue with having negative emotions at all, mm -hmm. but I think I wasted a lot of time wallowing in that yeah. as opposed to coming up with things that I could have done like that, that would have still helped me grow and like build in that time instead of just kind of taking off completely. Because I think when I took that break, my engagement Oh my god! Like, it was disgusting. No, like legit, and it still hasn't recovered back, and I'm like trying to like hustle to get back up there. But I, I definitely think it's good to have those type of okay. I'm not feeling the best, but I'm supposed to get this done. Here's the easiest way that I can yeah. do it, which I think is really smart. I never really thought of that. And you can also use it depends on how comfortable you are, but you can use your sadness as content. Mm. Um, that's probably not the best way to do it. I could maybe just be transparent. So I, I suffer from like chronic depression um, and ADHD so I talk about that a lot mm. when I'm feeling really low I might just do a video about this is how I do my skincare mm. when I'm in a depressive episode so if you're going through similar these are like the steps you can just strip it back mm. and you can just be transparent like I have a lot of people that say oh they resonate with me because I'm not trying to create this image of, of perfection, perfection. Yeah. Like, I have days where I have not got out of bed mm. I haven't I might do a 17 step skincare routine on this day. On this day, I did one because that's yeah. it. Yeah. It's like I may have done eight steps this day and then I've not washed my face for two days. Exactly. Yeah, like, bro, I've been fighting sunscreen. I don't know the last time I applied that for real. Oh, yeah, yay. Okay, so we're coming to the end of the episode, and I like to end every episode with either the herd way, which is like a pun on the hard way of doing things, and then never that deep. What is something that you've kind of I think gone through and looked back on and been like, oh, this wasn't that serious, and I kind of spent too much time stressing about that. Mm -hmm. So you can choose one or the other. Um, I see. I think it'd be a situation that is never that serious. Yeah. Sure. Um. So I lost a well, almost lost a brand deal, mm. and I got into my head like I was so upset. I was mm. like, I'm gonna quit content creation. I'm not for this. And now looking back at it. Um, why I think it was never that serious is that I feel like as people we personalize rejection. Oh, I, God, yeah. yeah, I don't Same. take rejection well. I just don't. And I had to kind of sit beside myself and realize that the reason I was taking it that way is because I took it as something is wrong with me, and it wasn't. Sometimes whether it's a brand deal or if it's a person or a friendship or whatever job. Sometimes it's not about you, it's them what they want and it's okay for somebody to um, have a different direction or to change their mind. So yeah, I think that kind of situation taught me to depersonalize rejection. Um, I looked back at the situation, it wasn't that serious. I ended up redoing the video, they loved it campaign went ahead oh, so it really wasn't that serious but listen you would have thought like my cat died you would have thought it was the end of the world at the time um so yeah that situation wasn't that it's never that serious no. no i love that as a lesson because i do definitely think even what we were saying before about like struggling with the i guess the hostility of creators and stuff mm -hmm. i internalized that so badly mm -hmm. and i really was depressed for because i was like i normally get along with people i think i do care 
about being liked more than I would let on. Yeah. And I was just like, rah, like, I feel like I'm like, is this like, you know, like I really, really internalized it and thought, okay, shit, what is it about me that isn't vibing with these yeah. people? As opposed to not everyone's going to like you mm-hmm. and that's kind of okay. And it's just not that serious. But um, I would say my never that deep is, I think, inconsistency when it comes to content creation and actual skincare. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely trying to work on the inconsistency with content creation because I do think for a while I had one fit in, one fit out, where it's like I'm kind of freshly graduated, I'm modeling, I'm starting to content create, but I thought if this doesn't work out, I'll just go back yeah. to corporate. And now as I progress, I'm seeing what's like open to me. I'm like, I don't really want to go back to corporate yet or like always have that as my first resort when things get a bit tough. So even though I can be inconsistent, I used to kind of think of like backup things for when I'm not feeling that good yeah. and I can still be productive in that way. And also not beating myself up for not wearing sunscreen this week. Do you know what? Yes. Yeah. It happens. It happens. You're not going to like age 20 years because you just forgot it one day. Like it's, it, that doesn't have that deep. Yeah. Sunscreen's important, but you do what you can. Like you shouldn't get anxious. I don't know. Skincare is meant to be soccer. It's meant to yeah, be nice. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, I apologize on behalf of some of uh, my fellow skincare content creators because videos can feel like they're like, wear sunscreen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just do what you can. Yeah. Okay, well, we are wrapping up. This is the end of the episode. I want to thank you so, so much for coming on and being so vulnerable and honest and giving such great advice. Thank you for having me. No, thank you so it. much. Do you want to shout out your social media so you can follow you? Yes, so my social media is Skinfiltrator on literally all the platforms. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Um, yeah, you can follow me there for skincare tips. Yes, I will put that below. And so yeah, have a nice day, guys. And yeah, bye.